The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond. Beyond. Welcome, my friends, to Podcast Beyond, episode 216. And welcome once again to the Fireside Chats. Ooh, Fireside Chats 3. Fireside Chats 3, in which the two members of the IGN PlayStation team, including myself, Ryan Clements, and the one and only, he only does everything, Colin Moriarty. Beyond. We talk about uh, PlayStation, we answer your questions, and we basically fill space for Greg Miller, who is not here right now. He is already enjoying his gobble-gobble holiday. In Chicago, so, Illinois. In Chicago. So uh, The home so, of family matters. <laughs> I get, yeah, sure, why perfect not? perfect strangers. Yeah, there you go. Man, you have so many good references to pop culture, I can barely keep up. <sighs> Holy jeez. Holy jeez. All right. <laughs> so, Colin, how you feeling today, man? I'm tired. It, tired. It's been a busy couple of days. It is. It's tiring without Greg here. Absolutely. And but we've been we've been trying our best. You you really just picked up all the slack yesterday with your cranking out what eight stories. Yeah. Just and, publishing and them. Gotta on, do what you gotta do. Publishing them on IGN.com. Some new Vita announcements, etc. And so on. So. Meanwhile, I stared at a blank Word document for two hours, just trying to figure out what to write. But you need an inspiration. As you as you will see. <clears throat> excuse me. As you will see. My uh, review for Where Is My Heart, I think, turned out very well. Yeah, I got to read that after the, uh, after the podcast. Yeah, there's no rush. There's no rush here. Just kind of do it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if you are new to the Podcast Beyond family, uh, welcome. What we basically do here is talk PlayStation, and we are going to, what do you think? Should we start with what once was, what is now, and will forever be the Roper Report? Time for some news. Yeah, let's get every let's get all the the semantics out of the way yeah, so we can settle in. Yeah, I want to I want to lean back. By the way, I I did want I want to tell the listeners I did want to buy us a six pack so we can have a nice comfortable drink here, but uh, you weren't really feeling the drinking today, so no, it's uh, it's maybe, a little early and my stomach hurts. So yeah, maybe maybe another time. Oh, I'm sure, another I'm sure time. there'll be another time. <laughs> uh, Take me away, Colin. Yeah, let's just do this real quick. Uh, there are 12 items on the list, and I, I don't, uh, I didn't write uh, this verbose uh, text that I usually do, so we can just get right to. Yeah, we want to get right into the questions. Uh, number one, Yakuza Five has been confirmed as a PS3 exclusive. The game's plot will connect to Yakuza Four and take place in various Japanese towns. Not too surprising on any account. Not, not too surprising. No. Uh, number two, oh, wait, new, and oh. and Kazuma is the lead character. Yes, 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 yes. Confirmed. Uh, number two, new Beyond Good and Evil Two art and details have emerged. I wrote a story about that yesterday. Thanks to Naomi Kyle for translating the entire mm-hmm. French website that I cited. Yep. Um, that was her editorial debut. Um, Beautiful. Anxious about that game, 
um, I think Ubi themselves has said that that game will not be on this generation of consoles. Though. Um, number three, Rayman 3 Hoodlum Havoc, which originally came out to the, on PS2 in 2003, is coming to PlayStation Network. That's cool. Uh, number four, <laughs> Final Fantasy Thirteen Two has gone gold in Japan. Excellent. Are you excited about that? Yeah, that'll be cool. I, I mean, I'm definitely excited to <coughs> play through that all the way. I heard it's only 30 to 40 hours long, according to uh, the director of the game. Well, for the main quest, sure. But that's certainly going to... I think that, that time will probably bump up a little bit with the side quests. Certainly. Uh, Jack and Daxter Collection, which we revealed you know, a couple weeks ago uh, due to some some uh, advanced uh, ratings at the German uh, game board, mm-hmm. uh, is real. It's coming to PlayStation uh, 3 exclusively and will be out in February. Um, PS3 gamers who didn't get their promised copy of Battlefield 1943 with Battlefield 3 have cl- filed a class action lawsuit against EA. Good for them. Uh, number seven, uh, Kojima told the official PlayStation magazine that he, quote, has to make, end quote, Metal Gear Solid Five, <laughs> but he has, quote, no idea, end quote, what the game will actually be. So thank you for that, Mr. Kojima. Thank you, Kojima-san. Um, number eight, a new Skyrim patch will be coming the week after Thanksgiving, hopefully fixing many of the problems found in the game, especially with PS3. Uh, that's cool. That's exciting. We actually just ran a piece about, uh, we polled our readers over the weekend. Right. You, you polled. You pulled. Yes, them. I pulled them and asked them what what needed to what, what what was happening with their system, and the results are on IGN right now. Uh, number, I, you know, oh, oh no, quick, no, please, please, quick interjection. Yes, because it's a conversational podcast. Mm-hmm. What uh, what I'm really hoping for is that they address some of the exploits as well as the glitches, because exploits technically aren't glitches they're just ways to sort of get around what do you know, mean with like leveling and stuff yeah like, that? like leveling exploits and and the only reason i'm like that is because when i when i see someone that has a level 100 everything maxed out character i'd like to think oh they invested this huge amount of time into the game as opposed to oh they just cheated for 20 minutes and then got that way yeah to me it almost yeah. takes away from the feeling of journeying all this way and like really growing as you said as you put it the other day organically which is really important for a game of that size and of that scope, and and there are just these people cheating away, and that just kind of bugs me a little bit. Yeah, I think I think it is a little lame. Some people some people do want to play like that. I don't really hold it against them, but yeah, I mean they uh, can they're not hurting anybody. Yeah, but like the sneak skill, like for instance, like you can build that up in no time at all just by going into someone's house when they're sleeping and just walking into the you know crouching down and walking into the wall, and your and your sneak will just skyrocket if you do that yeah um and that's lame and i don't want to play like that either and i, and I don't because like you said and we discussed this the other day in the office which was when my guy's sneaking around like really sneaking around i like to think he's getting better and better at it and and like you know i'm i'm, I'm growing into that role of becoming a little exactly. more sneaky as it were a you can, sneaky and there's there's other exploits i think you can exploit a lot of spells to grow to build like your spell casting stats and stuff like that i don't really know because i'm not a spell caster in there's the a there's a book you can read also that just levels up all your stats to like 100 yeah, see, you can just read it over and over again. I'm like, okay, so then you're just ruining the game for yourself. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, yeah. I don't get that. That's yeah, stupid. I don't get it at all. Um, number nine, a new kill zone is in development. Um, not surprising, a little disappointing actually. I'd like to see what else Gorilla can do. Um, but there's rumors swirling that a Sony first party is working on PlayStation Four already, a PlayStation Four game, and people are wondering if Gorilla is working on Killzone Four for the PS4. So we'll see. Interesting. Uh, number ten, uh, an old Amiga game called Putty Squad is coming to PlayStation Vita, so that might excite people. Uh, Unit Thirteen is coming to PlayStation Vita. That's number eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's from Zipper Interactive, and one of our podcast beyond alumni, I believe, is working on the game. Yeah, Jeremy. Two. two. Uh, yeah, Roper. Well, yeah, as well. technically two. Yeah. 
uh, Dunham and Roper. So so good for them. That's exciting. And number twelve, a new MotorStorm game from Evolution is coming. Uh, MotorStorm RC. That's for the PlayStation Vita and the PSN, and that will support cross-game functionality. And you will only have to buy it once, and then you will be, have both copies of the game. That's, so that's exciting. That's awesome. I'll also, in case you couldn't tell by the RC moniker, that's. I mean, you're actually driving remote control cars, which is totally rad. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, looked really neat. It reminds me of RC Pro Am on the NES. Am I right? Sure. Um, so that's it. That's it for the Roper Report. Excellent. Very well, thank, quick, very yeah, brief Thank Roper you for report. that, Colin. Mm-hmm. Now, are there any other... Uh, shall, shall we do maybe the games list and get that done as well? Get, yeah, let's Finish do, up our, our official business let's for just get, let's just get Yeah, let's just get it all over with. The official IGN list of upcoming PlayStation software and all the platforms by the IGN editors. Uh, Tekken Hybrid, uh, The King of Fighters 13, mm-hmm. WWE 12. Got it. And Cartoon Network Punch Time Explosion. So all fighting games. <laughs> oh, wait, really? Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. Uh, on PSN, I, I, I did this for Ryan today, um, just so we can get right into it. Yes, thank uh, you, Colin. No problem. Uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I downloaded it. I haven't really started playing it yet. You're um, excited for that one, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So you're going you're gonna to get just... You're just going to hole up this this holiday and just play. get Who Wants to Be a Millionaire trophies. Fucking A. <laughs> uh, learning with the Puyus. Uh, is that how you say it? Why, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. That's like a children's game. Episode two. That's out. And then digital versions of Ratchet and Clank All for One and Modern Warfare 1 are out as well. Mm. On PSP, you can download NBA 2K12 and Corpse Party, which looks really cool. Started playing that last night. The game looks neat. Is it's, it good? It's, it's really... It's so weird. It's cool. I mean, it's such an interesting... I mean, I've n- I never really thought like, oh, let's play a horror game in an 8 you know, or 16-bit format so it's, it sounds it's very neat. interesting sounds neat. yeah it's cool um and then minis where's my heart is out for everyone yeah. this week which uh, you can find the review ign review today indeed uh the old snk joint akari warriors 2 is out for as a playstation mini and psycho soldier uh playstation mini is out and then notable dlc disgaea 4 got some dlc nice um, damon will be happy yeah, uh, Arkham City got some DLC. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom t- uh, 3 got DLC. Um, and there's a bunch of discounts, especially for PlayStation Plus members, get 50% off games like Limbo and Outland and some other Gatling Gears and stuff. So there's, there's a lot of uh, good stuff out there for you this weekend. Beautiful. Uh, by the way, I don't even, I don't, I mean, I'm sure people will be able to tell, but we are indeed recording this on Wednesday, day before Thanksgiving. Indeed. indeed. In are we going to put it up tomorrow or are we just going to put it up today? I was just going to put it up today. Give yeah, it, why Give not? it to them early. For why shits not? and giggles, I Yeah, say. absolutely. Now, uh, generally speaking, I think we're ready to go right into questions. Jump Am in. I right? Okay. So if you would like to join the Podcast Beyond discussion, uh, you are always welcome to email us. Uh, send it to beyond at IGN.com. It's so easy. Starting with, it's too easy. It's too. It's we make it. We make it too easy for you. So easy. Our, my junk mail folder collects a lot of your mail, and I have to move it manually over to my Beyond folder mm-hmm. in my Outlook. Anyway, let's start with a question from Albert, who writes: Greetings, Ryan and Colin. What are some of your Thanksgiving traditions, if you guys have any? And Colin, is it time to hit the panic button on your New York Jets? Thank you, and happy Thanksgiving, guys. Beyond. Why don't you take that one, Ryan, for for starters? All right, cool. Thank you. Uh, Well, my uh, Thanksgiving traditions when I was younger were obviously to have dinner, um, like a formal dinner with my family, particularly at my grandmother's house, uh, which was always tons of fun. And I get along really well with my family, so uh, those are good times. But as I am now across the country, on the other side of the country, um, it's not quite as easy. I usually only fly home for uh, the Christmas holidays. Um, But... uh, 
this year, I think I'm just going to spend some time with the lady friend and uh, maybe go to dinner with her. Very and nice. I, I You're going to go to dinner? Well, we're, we're going to um, one of her, co- her colleagues' houses for dinner. What are you, like, what are you bringing? Uh, I don't know yet. I think um, Neethi is cooking dessert or something. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yes, yes. Uh, what about... Uh, I can't really answer your answer about the New York Jets. Do you, is it time to hit the panic button on them? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, yeah, they're 5-5, five and five, not looking very good. Uh, play the Bills on Sunday. That's a must-win game for both of those teams. So that should be an uh, interesting uh, game. They're still in good shape. They, if, they win, if they win out and maybe only lose one, maybe two more games, they, they might make the playoffs. But two games is, is pushing it. That would be 9-7. and seven. They really need to be 10-6. and six. Got it. Um, Got it. Remember, this is a video game podcast, yes. folks. <laughs> uh, my tra- yeah, like you, like my traditions have changed over time. Yeah. Um, when my grandparents were still alive, we would all congregate on Long Island and and have dinner there. Um, since since that's you know since that ha- you know since they passed away and stuff, that's kind of changed. In college, uh, my, a lot of my family actually transplanted to Virginia. Interesting. Uh, my dad is the only one really left on Long Island, along with like much of my. My aunts, my uncles, my cousins are all in Long Island still, too. But my immediate family all lives basically in Virginia. My two sisters um, live there with their families, and my mom lives there as well. So teaching uh, and uh, advising at a university there. So uh, now uh, they just do their thing there. My brother lives in Philadelphia, so you know mm. I think he goes and hangs out with them. Mm. And I just kind of stay here. My friend Kevin that I went to Northeastern with, uh, we've had Thanksgiving at the last three years, I think, together. Uh, it's kind of just like, a, you know, whoever's around kind of thing. So I'm making some garlic mashed potatoes tomorrow. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You put those potatoes on the oven. And then I'm uh, going to go to his house and drink and watch football. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. What a, what a holiday. It is. It? It's a hell of a holiday. It's Thanksgiving's a hell of a, a, hell of a thing. I'll tell it's you great. what. It's <laughs> great. I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to uh, an actual video game question. This is okay. uh, also from, I think this is from a different Albert. This is from Albert Shue, uh, who writes, Dear Colin and Ryan, Beyond. Beyond. What are your most anticipated games of 2012 and why? And then a second question, which we can get to later, is do you believe that the PS3 is coming up at the end of its life cycle, or is that 10-year plan still in play? Ah, that's a good question. Mm-mm. Why don't you begin? My most anticipated game of 2012 is easily, and unfortunately not a PlayStation 3 game, Diablo 3, uh, followed pretty closely by Guild Wars 2. And then I would say... Jesus. The, yeah, and then I would say <laughs> the, the, the actual PlayStation game I'm super pumped about is... Uh, is uh, Gravity Rush, yeah. Gravity Days. Yeah, Gravity Days. Um, yeah, gra- but Gravity Rush is its uh, American or uh, English title. And uh, I'm also, and, and I always keep forgetting about Mass Effect, too. Mm-hmm. How could I forget about Mass Effect? How could, you, fa- how could you forget I, I, about See, because I, well, I originally played through those games on the uh, 360, I sort of still envision them as 360 games, even though now they're multi-platform. And I will probably play that on 360 because that's where my character is. Yeah, yeah. But, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. How about you, buddy? Um, there's a lot of them, you know? I mean... Obviously, Mass Effect 3 is going to be, you know, really exciting to play, and, and that comes out somewhat soon. Mm, um, mm, mm, mm. I think uh, Kingdoms of Amal are Reckoning. I've spent a lot of time with that game and, and written about it pretty extensively, and I think that game's really exciting. I'm excited I, about that, too. I think that game looks really cool. Um, and then, I mean, in terms of PS3 exclusives, I guess there are three in particular that I'm really excited about. I'm excited about Sly 4. Okay. Uh, I want to see what Sanzaro can do. That game looks really cool. Um, Definitely. And hopefully we'll be playing. Is that where our boy? Uh, is that where our boy Ninja, Ninja XYZ? XYZ? Yeah, yeah, he works there. Um, you know, props to them because that that game at, at, at the very least looks 
really good. And when we saw it at E3 and they played it, it looked like it played like like a slot game, and that's really exciting. Um, and I'm interested to see what those guys can do and what kind of reception they get. Um, I think Dust 514 looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds even better, and if that game... If that game is executed the way it should be and could be, then that might be one of the most uh, ambitious games ever made. And, Absolutely. And uh, not Absolutely. like no no holds barred, like one of the most ambitious games ever made. And I think that that game sounds really cool. Whether or not it comes out as as intended is another thing entirely. Because that is that the architecture of that game is super complicated. And if people don't know, that game is tied intimately into Eve Online, which is an MMO on PC. And the events in the two games should interact with each other and actually affect each other. So. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I, I'm really excited about the Last Guardian. I'm surprised you didn't you didn't say anything about that. I yeah, because s- that's that game. We know that game's never coming out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if that game ever comes out, I assume it'll come out fall. You know, maybe this time next year. I I mean, I hope it's next year, man. Could you imagine if it wasn't until t- like early 2013? No, I couldn't imagine because I don't know what the hell they're doing over there. I don't even know how the game's taking this long to begin they're with. They're making great games. They are, and that's great. But I, I'm much like Gran Turismo Five. Not that I'm a racing fan, and not that I spent any time with that game, but I know. That one of the things that killed that game with a lot of people and made it, you know, a great game instead of like this outrageous, like, you know, event was how long it took and like, yeah. how, how the time it took in making that game just totally uh, chipped away and eroded at at the, the excitement, the excitement level and like the, the prestige of the game almost. Yeah. And and this, you know, Last Guardian, by, you know, from all intents and purposes, has been in development for five, six years. Yeah. So I, I don't. That's I don't, not the first game that's taken that long. No, involved, certainly though. not. But but. I just don't understand how it can take so long. And, like, they had these original targets of releasing the game, and it wasn't ready. And that's not a good sign. So, I, I you know, and the same thing with Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo was supposed to come out many different times and didn't. So, I don't know. I don't know what that means. But I, I'm anxious about that game, not necessarily to, to play it in a vacuum, but to see, like, if it's actually as good as, it's, as it's, it has the potential to be. And then, of course comments all the vita games that yeah. are coming out I well mean, that's why i threw in gravity rush yeah. just because that's what i'm most excited for but man that, those launch titles oh it's gonna we're gonna it's gonna be killer yeah skate plan it's gonna just be awesome. gonna be delightful um i mean we, you know like i said a, a few pop beyonds ago and i know you agree with me we've played vita so much now that i'm i'm so anxious for other people to just play it you I know. know i want you guys to see how good it is and and become a believer because there's there's because there's just plenty there's plenty to rave about with the vita not only about how the game how it looks and how it feels and how the games look and feel but those analog sticks and 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 the trophies and the trophies and the art you know the psn architecture on it and stuff like that i guess the vita game i'm most excited about is escape plan but Mm. resistance burning skies is is, is certainly it's gonna gonna be killer yeah gonna be killer no doubt uh, and and then to answer uh, Albert's other question, I would say in in order to predict the life cycle of the PS3, we need only look to how Sony handled the PS2. It will still exist; games will still come out for it, but it will the focus will shift to whatever console they are they're pushing the hardest. Right? Agreed, agreed. Yeah, I so. think um, I don't think we're going to see anything about PlayStation Four in 2012. I think in 2013 maybe they'll show uh, the, PlayStation the, the Four. Announce. All right. At E3 or TGS, and then I think E3. I think they do it at E3. E3, yeah. yeah. And then if they do it at E3, then maybe 2014 fall the, the system comes out. Yeah. But I think I don't know. Man, that's There's a waste. Wait, so you don't think they're going to do like a, an announcement at E3 next year? No, really? I, I think that would be a huge mistake on their part, to be honest. Because PS3 is starting to sell, and the price is right, and people are getting in on that's the Blu-ray true. and stuff like that's that. And I don't true. think they want to interrupt this 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 uh this flow as it were that they kind of have developed with ps3 for the first time not that it's 
not that it's selling in North America, you know, in great numbers, but it certainly worldwide it's selling more than the competition. And and uh, I think they have a good thing going with PS3. And, uh, I don't. I mean, they, if, had, if, they got a good thing going. I mean, if it was up to me, like I'd have all the first party devs do another round of PS3 games, you know, and right. then and then in 2015 or something, be like, here's the PS4, you know. And and I don't I don't see the rush. The PS3 is still very powerful. You, how much better is it really going to get? Than I this? know. Exactly. I don't. I don't really get it. No, it's yeah. not. I mean, honestly, I, the the leap between PS3 and PS4 will not be the same leap we saw with two and three. No way. No way. I mean, it's not. Where I don't even know if I like our programming tech isn't there yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. I don't it'll see be. You. It'll be like a a more subtle improvement, which is will still be appreciated. But yeah, I think it'll be a matter of like RAM and how games run and how big they are and yeah, how quick exactly. everything loads and stuff like that. And that'll be cool. The other thing I would take pause at Clements is that the, what seems to be really important with Vita is PS3 connectivity mm. and. You don't want to interrupt that either as a selling point. Yeah. Because I keep saying, and I'll say it again, Vita and PS3 will be bundled together. Like mm-hmm. I'm calling it. They will be bundled together. You're, they'll sell them for, you know, with a couple of games, maybe for 500 bucks or something like that. And like that's going to be what's important. And, I, and maybe Vita will con- talk to PS4 too. But I've never heard you uh, make that uh, prediction Oh, we've before. said it a few times, I think, on, really? on the podcast in the past. Yeah. No way. Yeah, definitely. Maybe I've been zoned out or thinking about K-pop. Yeah, probably. Man. But yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's a very, that's a, that would be cool. I think that's going to be the big selling point. So. All right. Excellent. Um, we have uh, a few non-video game related questions, so let me just see what this one is. Let's do another, just do another quick holiday question because it is in the holidays. Okay. Uh, this is from Jason who writes, since the holiday season is here, I was wondering what some of your favorite Christmas themed films are. Growing up in the Midwest, I was always partial to A Christmas Story, etc., etc. Thanks for the years of entertainment. Can't wait to make it out to San Fran and meet you all. This is from Jason. Chris, uh, do you have like any holiday movies that you like? I mean, it's it's gonna sound funny and almost a little corny, but my favorite holiday movie is movie is Home Alone. Yeah, like hardcore. Like I, I think Home Alone <laughs> is like it, Home Alone is really <laughs> like by itself. Obviously, like they got out of control with the sequel, which wasn't terrible, but then like the third one and the, there's more of them. I think in that, but Home Alone one is a funny funny movie. Yeah, you know? and like, it's just a good movie. It's it's well made and and it's <laughs> and it's you know. Um, I think it's I think it's cool. It, it, it's always on like TBS or something around this time of year, and I, I always watch it. I just think it's a kind of a, a funny flick, and and kind of a screwed up movie too. At the same time, like their parents just their parents his parents leave him home, and then they do it again. <laughs> it's like Jesus. <laughs> They're the worst worst parents I ever. Know, it's awesome. Um, I am I'm obviously partial to. Uh, uh, I actually have really fond memories of Bad Santa now. Because of uh, watching it with uh, with uh, IGN alum uh, alumni, uh, David Clayman and Eric Bredvig. that was that was and and actually and uh, current IGN resident Charles Onyet. That was one of like the mo- the best holiday experiences I've ever had. Is we we put uh, we got hot cocoa. We put that like peppermint schnapps or whatever whatever you like the, whatever alcohol you can mix with hot cocoa and it goes really well. Maybe it was like a Bailey's kind of yeah I don't know something I don't know anyway they, they it tasted delicious and it I was bet. Bad Santa. And that's where yeah came from. Um, all right, so oh here here's uh, here's one from Titty T. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hello, friends. This is Mike, uh, aka the crazy guy from Comic Con that I met both Greg and Colin, and he also says hi, Ryan. Anyway, here's my question. Would you agree or disagree? I feel most of the Xbox community are immature, while most of the PSN community is not. Not being biased against Xbox, I'm just saying there are a lot of assholes out there. And also, once more, beyond. This is from Mike. What do you think about the uh, the, the the two different communities? No, I don't think that at all. I mean, I I think that part of what contributes to what like uh, the more 
cesspool culture of Xbox Live, frankly, is that the you know the system is, is speaking to each other is more prevalent on Xbox. Like just playing online is more prevalent. I think when you give people access to headsets and the online features are just more robust on a system that you're just going to find more assholes. You know, yep. and I think I think I, don't, I think it would be the same way on PS3 if if you. If like people bundled didn't have it to, with an easy to plug in. Yeah, if people could somehow figure out how to connect the Bluetooth headset to the PlayStation Three, I think it would be uh, you know much easier than that. You run, you know, that, I keep saying I love PS Three more because people don't talk to each other in games and like they leave each other alone, and that's true. I've never really had any bad experiences. Plus, IGN is in my name, and you would think that that would like draw some ire of people, but it, you know, people that don't like us or you know just want to hate or whatever. But that doesn't happen. And I play, you know, I played home, you know, like the last game, I the last two games I played extensively online were Homefront. Mm-hmm. And Fear Three, I, lo- I love those games online, and no one ever gave me a hard time. Very few people talk. If they do, I just mute them. I don't want to hear anyone talk. The only game online I ever played that like people really mm-hmm. like to talk is like, were like the Killzone games, yeah. and people love talking on Killzone games. And I just mute mm-hmm. them there too. See, I like talk. I I like talking if you're actually talking strategy, and and that's obviously like that was so critical in some of the online games that I used to play, like Halo Wars back in the day with once again David Clayman and Eric Brodvig. Um, yeah, and I would I would agree with that. Oh, did something just fall? No, the core just changed. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that the gaming community is just a mix of people all, across all platforms. I think you're going to find genuinely great people in the in games. You're going to find total idiots. That's just how it is. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I don't think it has anything to do with platform. I think it has to do with accessibility. It's like it's like with the Wii. I'm sure you'd find just an equivalently douchey group of people if you could talk on the Wii and there were games people were playing. You know what I mean? Yep, it's like absolutely. I think it's just getting it's like the internet. You just got a bunch of people together in a place and it's gonna inevitably gonna just gonna turn to shit. It's just gonna get fucking vulgar. Yeah. Like you and I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do one from Preston from Dallas, Texas. Preston writes, uh, these are quick fires. Okay. You ready, Cal? Yeah. Uh let's do you first. My brother and I are quite interested in Mega Man, but have not bought any. Owning a PS2, PS3, and PSP, which do you recommend starting with? If you have a PS2 and you can find it, the Mega Man collection is a really good place to start because that's one Mega Man 1 through 8 um, all on there. And if you want to buy it on PSN, you can buy 9 and 10. Um, just be warned, 1 is really hard. You know, don't like be the turned, original yeah, Mega Man. It's yes. really hard. It's, it's, it's definitely the hardest Mega Man game so, right. and the most unforgiving one. So, you, so probably... I would go to Mega Man Collection and just work well, through it. Why it, not nine and ten though? Because that's the right download could, right to your. Yeah, you could. I just don't think he'd appreciate. I don't. I don't. Can't imagine someone's going to appreciate those games. Those games aren't made, in my opinion, for people that didn't play the old Mega Man games. Those are made for people that like were like, "Wow, this is super nostalgic." I don't think you get the same thing out of Mega Man Nine. Yeah, and but 10. Then, but you're but they're emulating what was done originally. So if you're just if you're playing like the updated emulation, maybe that's like how you get introduced into that old school aesthetic. Sure, if you want to work your way backwards, I guess. I just to me like part of what floored me about nine and ten, especially nine when it came out. Like nine, I remember I was like I couldn't even contain my excitement. I, 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 know, I very I remember. Rarely, I very rarely I remember like you that. like like walking aggressively around the office hunting down the box that it came in so that you could download it or whatever it's like so good i I, you know but to me it was like turning it on and being like i'm a huge Mega Man fan from back in the day and this is a new this is a this is a real Mega Man game this is a real Mega Man game and i just don't know if someone's really going to get punched in the face by it like that if they haven't played the old ones but to each his own i don't know if they will regardless because they they're they don't have the the 10 you know Mm. however 10 year Mm. gap well actually no i'm sorry how long i was three four five when i started playing Mega Man games so all right so way way more than that yeah like 20 year gap yeah Yeah, exactly so they don't have that they they won't have that so it won't be the same for them which is why i thought they won't have that christmas 1990 when i got Mega Man 3 oh boy (laughs) oh buddy um the question for me is what do i expect to see from final fantasy versus 13 
I expect to see something that I've been re- I've, I've always wanted, which is a Kingdom Hearts style Final Fantasy like kind of action oriented game, but it doesn't have all the Disney shit in it. Now, I, I still love Kingdom Hearts, but if you could, if I could get Kingdom Hearts without all the Disney stuff, I'd do that. And that's kind of always how I envision Versus Thirteen. It's like a really dark Kingdom Hearts to me. That's Sounds like good. Kind of how I picture it. Um, it also seems like they're definitely going for the more quasi-realistic approach where, you know, this the city that they occupy is very much like kind of a semi-futuristic Tokyo, and it's not completely crazy and floating in the air, and there's, like, cyber dragons flying around. This is, you know, like, the main character is driving in, like, a really nice car, you know, down the highway, and it's it's really great. You should watch it. If you haven't seen some of those trailers that have come out recently, you should check those What's out. What's the ETA on that uh, game? So a ways out, right? Yeah, it's, that's a ways. I mean, that, that, that's still completely unconfirmed. They're still It's still in development. Mm, sounds like it's going to get canceled. Oh my, if they did, that would be the biggest mistake they've ever made, more than Final Fantasy XIV. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that the, the, the reason is, is that Square Enix often splits up their efforts so much across a bunch of different games that that's why they take so long. In my, and that's kind of how I perceive it. Then the question for Greg was, what is your choice for Game of the Year? But Greg's not here. So Greg's choice for Game of the Year is probably, I assume, he seems very strongly towards Uncharted 3. Yeah. So I'm, l- let's, let's guess that he would be picking Uncharted 3. If it but wasn't I'm, Uncharted 3, it would definitely be Naughty Bear. Naughty Bear, right. Just a high-quality high game yeah. all around. One of the best. No problems. <laughs> the best, uh, Sherry, the best. So this is from, let's see, Schwin Schwin. <laughs> uh, my question is this. If you could choose one feature or change for the PS4 to have, what would it be and why? Um... For me, it would be, I would like the idea of a Vita-like system in which every game had to be available digitally. Even, I don't think it's, I don't think it's time yet. We've said this before. I don't think it's time to go solid state yet. I think you're isolating, I think it's, uh, you're isolating a lot of people in the country and in the world that don't have access to internet, uh, high-speed internet. I think mm. people are making a huge mistake when they talk so confidently about so- the solid state future happening right around the corner. I think you're greatly mistaken. Uh, but... Um, that option, like with Vita, like where the game has to be available digitally, is a great idea, and that's the step. That's the next step towards the solid state future, which will happen in two generations, not one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would want with PS4. All right. Yeah, I think that because they would be building from the ground up, most likely, I would love to see a refined, uh, like cross media bar experience, something that loads faster. It's a little more intuitive. It doesn't. You can do more system features from within the game i still don't understand why in order for me to switch the sound output on my ps3 like say so i'm i have a digital audio so it's going through my headphones and then someone walks by and they're like oh can i like watch and i you know i'm like well I, you can't hear it because it's going through digital and i, I would have to like turn it on to hdmi so it comes out of my tv speakers. and then i have to turn the game off yeah so i have to quit the game i mean like that that stuff has never made any sense to me and if they're starting from scratch they really need to have a, a much more polished uh like system system menu experience, I think. Yeah, I think there's. Two, I'm of two minds with that. And the first thing is that I don't think cross media bar as it's as as it is is bad. I no, actually it's think, not. I, I think, think it's so. like far beyond what beyond what beyond Xbox is, is in terms of being able to navigate. I think Xbox. Of, I think I think terms of navigation, navigation. I think it, yeah. it actually it, it stomps Xbox. Yeah. But in terms of features, obviously Xbox stomps PlayStation. Right. And. Um, I mean, it was confirmed, I think, not too long ago that, like, we can't have cross-media or uh, we can't have cross-game chat. Like, it's not possible. Right. Um, well, you know, like, things like that. And I, that doesn't bother me at all. But I know that that bothers some people or whatever. And certain things do confuse me about messaging and 
sinking trophies and um, having to quit out of your game to do anything, basically. Yeah. You know, like, you have to quit to, like, install a, a Bluetooth headset. You have to quit if you're, like, with, with the audio problems or whatever. And, yep, like, it's, yep. that kind of shit is annoying. It's very you know? annoying. Um, very disruptive to a gaming experience. But, like, I, I don't... When people, like, kind of draw a blank, blanket sandwich, which is very common about how Cross Media Bar just sucks, I'm like, go play with an Xbox... And try to figure out what you're doing on it, you know? Um, <laughs> figure it out. Obviously, when you get into the meat of what the Xbox experience is, there's so many things to do. And obviously, it's going to become more second nature to you the more you use it. But, um, you know, I think they can learn a great deal from Xbox in terms of uh, Xbox 360 in terms of the online experience and Absolutely. and stuff like that. Um, I still say online PSN will always be free. I don't think that's ever going to change. But I think Xbox can learn a great deal from PlayStation in terms of a, a navigation system that works. You know? Yeah, because Cross Media Bar does take a, a minute to render sometimes and stuff like that. But like it's easy. Like you just moving around and finding all these things. I think it's like very intuitive in a way. Oh yeah, it's it's organized well. It's the speed. I'm more talking about speed and functionality, which could really at this point only change through. A complete overhaul they can't really go back and like just completely i mean i guess they could but then it would require this massive system update and yeah we, need, we definitely want another one of those yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right let us move on to let's see here uh, i guess we'll do this question this is from john who writes hi colin and ryan short sweet and to the point but are annualized franchises bad for game franchises sorry bad for gaming Call of Duty obviously being the main or worst perpetrator of this. Now there's also talk of Final Fantasy heading in the same direction with a one to two year turnover for new games. A trend for any franchise that I'm not a fan of. Beyond. From John. What do you think? This is a tough call, man. I I don't I don't like the idea of a game sort of coming out for the sake of coming out on that year. That um but at the same time, when you say is it bad for gaming, I don't know. I mean, is it I mean, it makes money, so is that good for the gaming industry? You know what I mean? Does it... Like, there's a lot of different ways I think you could look at this. I I personally would prefer that games just come out when they come out and developers take their time, because that usually means a better product. Uh, And, and I mean, this look at, like, how the Madden series has oftentimes been very iterative as opposed to completely, you know, starting from scratch. Uh, So... Well, yeah, I think the the Madden series is a, a good place to jump off with this, because... I think people are finally getting really tired of Madden, and and the only reason that you know EA gets away with Madden really and like how how you know it doesn't change and it doesn't run exceptionally well and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. um, is that they basically have the license to the NFL. So like making a football game with the, without the NFL license is is, is suicide. You wouldn't do it, um, and well, companies have done it and it hasn't sold well. Um, and and it's kind of a shame in that uh, sense too, because a game that EA does, like the NHL series, is like really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I don't think it's bad. Like you said, like the games sell, and that's good for the industry. Right. Um, I, I get a little disappointed that companies are less willing to take risks because gamers are less willing to buy those those random games that come out. The, the you know games like Bayonetta, which you know is still sitting on my shelf. Frankly, I know you really love it. Or Vanquish, which is like an amazing game. Vanquish is amazing. You know, or you know, I get really mad when I think about a studio which I always talk about. And people make fun of me, Raven, just because you know they made Singularity and they made Wolfenstein and those games didn't sell well. And now they're you know they worked on Modern Warfare Three. Now they're on Modern Warfare Duty. You know, and it's like that sucks because yeah. those guys tried to make games that were good. They were good, and people didn't people didn't buy them. You know, so. I think we have to, if we don't want a, a something like that, I think we have to kind of speak with our wallets a little bit more and, and support the games that are, that are good that come out that, that are new and different. I mean, that's what Absolutely. I keep saying about even Arkham City. Like, that game's cool, and I really like it. 
But I want to see what that studio does. I want to see them do something else. I even say that about about Naughty Dog. It's like Uncharted Three is an awesome game, but like, what else can you do now? You know, like do something else. I understand that the bottom line is money, and they want to make money. And, and Uncharted Three is going to sell millions of copies. Uncharted Four will sell even more. And obviously, that's the bottom line. But you know, you take risks like like Sega did with Vanquish, and Vanquish sold really well. You know, Vanquish did really well. So. It's possible to find lesser success if you set your expectations lower and then build it from there, I think. Yeah, and the thing is is that one thing we all have to keep in mind when you say vote with your wallet and find those games and support them that are, like, kind of not well-known, not, you know, maybe not as... Maybe not as polished as, like, you know, a Modern Warfare 3. I just spit on the keyboard. Sorry, computer. Um, is, uh, Is that Call of Duty, Uncharted, all these franchises started somewhere. They also were once original IPs that were risks, that were chances. And, you know, I think that there's there's always that chance that a game might take off. And, yeah, that's why I, I, I really, I always get excited for new IPs. I mean, that's why I'm so excited for Nino Kuni, because it's this just this new Nino thing. Nino Nino Nino. Nino. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's it's, that. It's a good question, though. Yeah, yeah I, I just, I mean, to me, it's just, you know, I don't know. I think about a game, a series that like I'm not even excited about, like Assassin's Creed, and like we're seeing a game like that like every year. You know, it's like come on. I love. Yeah, the funny thing is, my my excitement to play an Assassin's Creed game, I missed the first one, right? And then when the second one came out, and everybody was like, "This one's way better. It's an awesome game." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm totally feeling this." And and I didn't quite get to it. It was like on my shelf. I was ready to go. And then like and then Brotherhood came out, and then like Revelations is coming out. And, and they're making another one. And then they're making another one. It's like, like it's too oh, much. I lost they're, it. They're like, kill- yeah, they're killing it. That's it. I mean, and now, now, now I'll feel like I'll never be able to catch up. There's no point. Now I'm now I'm just probably never going to play an Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, they, I mean, they killed it for me. That's what I mean. I, I I missed the first one too. I played the second one for a couple hours. I'm like this game is not good. Like for you know, in my opinion, like this game is 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 weird and boring. But, but a lot and, of people really like no, it. No, I, I understand that. But to me, it's like so. Whenever you know, and I just gave up after that. So whenever I see that series, like getting just iteration after iteration, it's like, you know, if these games are really as good as everyone thinks they are, then let's see something else. You know, mm-hmm. I, like you got that team is certainly capable of doing something else. Um, I don't know. I just I get disappointed with. Uh, I like sequels as much as the next guy. You know, for great games, and I want another Infamous, and I would love to see more Resistance and stuff. But at the same time, like you can't help but wonder. What some of these studios are capable of, and if you I really know. and if you really think back to old, you know the older times in gaming, like sequelitis was not nearly this pronounced, you yeah. know. And even when sequels were produced, some of these games were radically different than the game that came before. Right? Zelda Castle, two, Zelda two, Castlevania two, Mario two, which is technically not a Mario game, but like the 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 the, the mentality behind sequels back then was not the same as it is now. Yeah. You know, the the real Mario two sequel is more mario you know but the mario t sequel they gave us that everyone loved was radically different game and the same thing with castlevania 2 which was basically an rpg and the same thing with zelda 2 which was you know top down and then side scroller and dungeon crawling and all this stuff it was totally like it was totally different so maybe not in the dungeon crawling but yeah just uh i i I feel like that i think people are getting frustrated because they're getting the same shit over and over again and uh i say if you don't want the same shit over and over again then don't buy it don't buy it yeah by someone else, by Catherine, by uh, Nino, Nino Kuni mm-hmm. when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, as Colin and I have said once again, and I just want to drill this into everybody's heads, all right? So can we talk about the news item that you and I just were kind of flabbergasted by right before we came in sure. here? Sure, sure, sure. So I, now, by the way, how, how that those those sales numbers that you and I were talking about, How was that a month? I think it was a week. That was a week? Yeah. Okay, got it. So... But that, again, don't quote us on the duration of this of this sale of these sales numbers. But presumably, a week in Japan uh, recently, uh, the numbers came out, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three 
completely, completely outsold Nino Kuni and this other um, was it a DS game that was Gigant something. I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, I was just Ni- looking at those two games. Nino Kuni. So and uh, Call of Duty was like like in like the hundred and seventy thousand. It was like hundred eighty three thousand or something yeah, to sixty six thousand yeah, or something. Nino Kuni. Now guys, uh, you people listening, if you like Modern Warfare three and that's really your game, awesome. You know that's fine. So I'm not telling you not to support the games that you love. But remember, there are other games out there worth people's attention. And if you guys are all kind of still interested in JRPGs, um, I think Colin and I can both say safely say that that Nino Kuni will probably be the next and perhaps last greatest uh, JRPG. I mean that that game's gonna. I just have such high expectations for that game. In the more recent spirit of like Eternal Sonata and exactly, stuff like that. exactly. And if you really want to see something that you know proves that Japan still has a fucking knack for RPGs and you know doing it their own way, uh, that's definitely a game that you should support when when that because that is confirmed for the West. And and since we're talking about this comments, I mean it's worth noting too, and I say this over and over again, and I, I noted about it. You know, when I was disappointed when we did podcast Beyond Live at Comic Con was. How few people, you know, when I ask people who bought Sideway New York, who bought Rochard, and, like, no one, you know? Yeah. It's, like, that, that to me, is. I'm actually starting to get bothered about how few people are playing PSN games and how, how, how many great games are on PSN and how you get so much bang for your buck on PSN compared to some of these games. You're going and buying Modern Warfare 3. That's awesome. And, if you, and like Clement said, if you like it, and that's great. I haven't played it yet. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure the campaign's fantastic. I've never had a problem with the Call of Duty campaign. I just right. don't really understand its popularity. Right. Um, but man, when I when I think about you getting a five hour campaign out of that, you know, Rochard is longer than that. It's like ten bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, Sideway New York is is a great five hour sit down weekend game. You know, and and people aren't playing these games. People aren't playing Alien Zombie Mega Death. People aren't really playing Outland. People aren't playing From Dust. People aren't. You know, there's so many awesome PSN games, and and people need to start paying more attention to that because I'm I'm telling you, developers are going to start getting scared about putting their games on PSN. We're not going to get exclusives anymore. We're not going to get these 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 uh, indie games anymore if people don't start buying them. You yeah. know, for every Super Stardust and Shatter that sell really well, and those are above the cream of the crop, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um. You know, there are under the radar games that are worth your time and worth an investment and worth a look. And you know, something like Max in the Magic Market, which isn't like an amazing game, but that's a cool game. That's a nice, fun sit down and play game. Just give those yeah. games more of a chance. And not everything has to come out of a case. You know. So here's what you can do to support the podcast beyond community, and also, more importantly, the PlayStation world. All right. If you over the holidays, if you get a little uh, extra money or you want to uh, buy something on sale, go and. Tell your friends about Nino Kuni. Tell them, hey, you should uh, totally download uh, Outland or whatever. You know, any any PSN game of your choice. Talk about it. Down, go give it a shot. Download it, because that's the only way that we can support these games and actually get them, you know, out to more people. Especially, remember, don't ever, don't ever dismiss the power of just telling your friends that don't listen to podcasts beyond about games that they should get. So I, I, I highly encourage all of you to like go and fucking pre-order Nino Kuni because game's gonna be the shit. And hey, I'll say this too about Outland specifically because it is on sale and it, is, it was cheap to begin with and it's cheaper now. A, that's from the studio that did Super Stardust yes. and Dead Nation, which are two of the best games on PSN. Mm-hmm. And I dare you to play that game and tell me that it's not beautiful, that it's not fun, that it's not atmospheric and ambient, that you mm-hmm. didn't have a good time. I dare you to tell me that. Dare, you know? dare. Go, Official play. podcast beyond dare. Outland is like one of those games where I'm like, I can't imagine anyone not liking this game. So what? How much is it now? If it's on sale, <sighs> it's cheap. I think it's like for PS Plus members, maybe six bucks. Yeah, less than seven, ten. Right? Seven bucks. Yeah, no, less yeah. than ten dollars. Oh, yeah. Go and get Outland and have a good holiday weekend playing that. And then we dare you to tell Colin it's bad. 
<laughs> we we dare you. I double yeah, dare yeah. you. We and I'll remember, take the physical challenge. and everybody remember, if you if you're part, if you're a loving member of the podcast Beyond Family, and we love all of our fans. Just, you know, do us a favor, do the PlayStation community a favor, and go tell, talk to your friends more about video games. Because remember, they don't all listen to Podcast Beyond. And there they are lo- should. There are a lot more PlayStation 3 owners than there are Podcast Beyond fans, and that needs by to change. By only a few million, though. By, by a few million. Whew, that, was a good, that was a good little topic right there. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, let's do a question from Ryan real quick. Not me. Another Ryan. You're asking yourself a question? Not asking myself a question. Uh, Ryan writes, you guys have been drunk on some podcasts. Are you actually allowed to drink at work? I develop websites at a call center, and there's no way we'd be allowed to drink while working, though that would be awesome. Keep on rocking the PS3 and tell people to add me on PSN. RCA Studios. That's what Ryan's uh, PSN name is. I will will throw that out there for him. RCA Studios. Anyway... Yeah, we're allowed to do. Um, we are allowed, but and not allowed, but we're allowed. I mean, we're, yeah, we're, I don't, we're pretty much. It's allowed. not a problem. I mean, when we when Greg and I got drunk for PlayStation Network coming back, whatever it was, a Saturday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's not a huge problem as long as it doesn't. You know, it doesn't happen like every day or yeah, even every absolutely. month or every six months. I mean, it, it's it's a uh, it's a rare thing. And yeah. also keep in mind that I mean, everybody here at IGN is a professional, and we know that you know. When you do that, you're, you know, you obviously are done with your work. There's a good time for you to have a drink with your colleagues, and uh, and there's a bad time. Um, uh, yeah. So keep that in mind. We are we're not trying to be rebels or anything. It's kind of just the culture here at IGN. We we know when when it's there's time for work and when there's time for play. Trust us. Yes. Let's see. Ah, here's a good uh, good one from our old friend Rolls Royce Five. Okay. We know Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. Hey, Ryan and Colin, Rolls-Royce here with a quick question for you guys that you could also save for when Greg gets back. Let's do it now. With un- uh, which Uncharted Platinum trophy is the most rewarding, i.e. challenging, in your opinions? I've beaten each one and would like to go back and plat them all, but would like to start with the one that is most difficult and plat them from hardest to easiest. Keep up the great entertaining work. Colin, I'm going to have to defer to your judgment on this okay. one. Yeah, I have Platinum in, in Drake's Fortune Among Thieves. I don't have the Platinum in, in uh, Drake's Deception And according yet. to Greg, you never will. Whatever. Yeah, I know. That's just because I was making fun of him for never getting it. <laughs> um, I think Drake's Fortune is by far the hardest Uncharted game, so I would I would start there. I think the game's got progressively easier. I think Uncharted 3 was undoubtedly the easiest game. Which I still sort of disagree with, but I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with you on for now. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, my, my opinion. I mean, maybe maybe I'll some, someone else has some different guidance. I would just start with Drake's Fortune and get that out of the way because there are some scenes, including the airplane scene in particular, in the jungle with the crash airplane, that is really hard. Like really, really, really throw your controller through the the window hard. So please don't throw your controller. Yeah, don't do that through the window. But right. I can't, you know. And Among Thieves had it had its moments too. But there are only a few things in Drake's Deception I think that are going to frustrate me when I finally get around to to doing that. Maybe I'll do it this weekend. I don't cool. Know. Hey, Carl. Yeah. What are we going to do for lunch today? Think about it. HRD. Was that like a meow? Yeah, I don't know what that was. That was sorry. That was I was I was supposed to. I I wanted to go, but it came out. I don't know. I want to get something quick because I I have things to do. All right, cool. Well, let's you you think about it. Okay. Let's do one from Brandon, who writes: With a Jack and Daxter HD collection revealed, do you think that a Ratchet and Clank collection is far behind? I think it is very likely as Jack and Ratchet run on the same engine. Is that true? I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Hmm. Two different companies. It's possible. Are there any series that you guys want an HD collection of? Sonny Musha is the collection I want the yeah, most. Is that, like, the, is that I, the one I, you want? I, I, like, hand, like, I wrote a piece that was very, very. People got very angry over it for some reason. I have no idea why. Which was basically just posing the question. Is this HD collection deluge? 
this tsunami, as mm-hmm. it were. Mm-hmm. Is it just getting to become too much now? Like, I like going back and playing old games. I like that we get to have trophies on these games and stuff. But, I mean, man, oh, man, there's a lot of collections now. And obviously, a studio like Bluepoint is really just focusing on HD-izing games and stuff. And so it's not really taking away assets from anyone. And, in fact, it's making people money, which is nice. But I just wonder, is it becoming too much? So I say that mm-hmm. with I say that I want Animusha and I would love Mega Man Collection, you know, with trophies and stuff. You know, I would love those things. I say that with reservation, though, that, you know, I'd prefer to kind of see some new games uh, yeah, at this point. I think I'd, I'd also prefer to see new games. But honestly, the the playing old games with HD is really, I think, something that I, I really cherish. Because when you try and go back and play some of those old games, I mean, you, you, fond memories aside, some of those games, it's just it's sometimes it's hard to play because they just look fuzzy it's kind of hard it's harder to tell on an hd set with sd graphic graphics running i I don't know i sometimes have a hard i feel like it takes away from it a little bit yeah i I, I like going back uh, and strolling down memory lane sometimes i think that that's only a problem with certain generations of games though i think like the n64 playstation era is the is the era of games that where games will age the the worst um a game like mario 64 and zelda ocarina time and final fantasy 7 to a degree and and some other games it just look terrible no the, yeah i would say that n64 games look a little better than some of those early playstation one games yeah early playstation one games i mean yeah. you're talking about like toshin den or something like yeah. that but i think i think playstation games started to look pretty good i think final fantasy 9 and chrono cross and stuff actually look pretty good yeah but but uh yeah i agree but i mean when you go back and play an nes game or an snes game when you look when you play castlevania or you play I don't know, Dragon Warrior, or if you, on SNES you, you boot up Act Razor or something like that. Like those games still look good. Final Fantasy VI still looks really good because mm. it's 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 you know, sprites and and you know it's a beautifully mm. a lot of the stuff's hand drawn and, and yeah. it just looks really nice. And um, I don't know. I to me I. I I don't know. I, I'm concerned about the HD collection thing. People are getting really offended by that piece for some reason too, which is, I'm just puzzled by because it's like I'm not saying they're bad, or I'm just I'm asking the question like, is, is it too much? You know, yeah. like how you can't. We gotta like start looking forward eventually before we look back. A lot of these are obviously harbingers of of uh, new games. Ratchet and Clank collection wouldn't surprise me. Um, a wouldn't ja- surprise a ja- me. But there's I, nothing. I don't know if there's anything. I don't know if Ratchet and Clank is coming anytime soon. You know, I kind of almost have a feeling that. I almost, I almost wish they, as much as I enjoyed All for One, I almost wish it ended on Crack in Time because that had such a good just ending finale kind of just the feeling I got at the end of that game. I was like, that could be how I end this, you know, this series. But too fucking bad. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, oh, I will say, though, that oh, Jack yes. and Daxter, I mean, we, we heard rumors for a long time, but I would have never guessed that Jack and Daxter was going to come back. So well, yeah, weirder things have happened. Yeah. Um, let's do a question from hmm, sam let's do let's do this one real quick just because he sounds like he could really use our help call sure all right hello beyond crew i need your help Uh, i'm looking to get into the video game journalism business and had a question for some experts clearly i can't spell or speak i will have an associates of arts degree at the end of this year and i'm currently working on my own indie video game website my question is: Should I keep tr- uh, should I keep trying to get a better degree to up my credentials, or is experience with my website more important? What's what's your uh, professional opinion on that, Kyle? I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that I think that associate's degrees are fine, but I think that bachelor's degrees are, are really important yeah. at, at this point. Like, I think you get, you have to have the four year degree. When someone says they went to college, they mean that they have a four year degree. Yeah. So. Um, I think that those extra two years, especially with how rigorous everything gets when you become a junior and a senior, I think yeah. it's, I think it's, I think it's super important to have that degree. Is it necessary? No, I guess not. But I mean, I don't think that we're hiring at this point personally at IGN. I, I, 
I can say this. If I, if I was in charge of hiring someone, um, I would, they would have to have a college degree. Yeah. Um, not because, you know, a person can't be smart or can't be well-spoken or write well or whatever, but just because, like my mom always told me, my mom's an academic and stuff, and I mean, she, she does these things and she cares about this, but it's a, going to college, even for something like I did for American history, which is like not really applicable to anything, shows that you can do, like that you can follow through and finish something and, yes. and get assignments in and write something and go to class and be accountable and be held accountable and, and get good grades. And those things are important because they parlay into a sort of, you know, into to the workplace. It's like, well, I have this, this degree doesn't mean that my American history knowledge is going to come in handy. This degree means that like I went to a university and graduated. Yeah. So it means I'm capable of doing something, and I can prove it here. Of course, a we- a building websites hugely important. There are great ex- success stories from the past. I'm not sure how 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 uh, prevalent they'll be now, but I mean, certainly, like a site like GameFAQs was built in a dude's house, and 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 he sold it for millions and millions of dollars. You know, years later. Um, so it's possible, and and it's possible to to get great, you know, to, to to do great without it. But my personal my personal opinion is keep working on that website, keep doing your thing, but go and get that four year degree. Absolutely, agree. Let's continue on. Okay. Uh, this is from Tuerto. Beyond, do you guys think that Final Fantasy Type-0 will come to the United States or become a PS Vita title? No, and maybe. I don't, I don't know. You don't think it'll come to the States? No. Not, really? as a, not as a PSP game. Not as a PSP game? No. Oh, dude. I don't think there's any reason for them to release any more PSP games. No one buys them. Mm-hmm. If, they, if, they want, if they want to... Uh, Maybe digitally it'll be available, yeah. and it would be playable on a Vita. Yeah. So maybe that's the option. But we, uh, don't you think we would have heard something by now? The game's already out. Yeah, I know. We probably would have. It's really weird that it hasn't. I don't haven't. think it's that weird, Clint, just because, you know, it is a Final Fantasy game. There is, like, that that group of people that would buy them, you know. But I, I, I bet you if you look at – I haven't looked at the sales of Dissidia and even Crisis Core and stuff like that, but I bet you the sales are not good. And, and, it's, and it's only going to get worse, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't see – they have to translate it and – localize it and do all those things i'm not sure but maybe a vita maybe a vita release is possible sure i would hope so i mean that's that would be a shame because that for all intents and purposes that game looked awesome and i would really have liked to see it in the states we are getting that final fantasy rhythm game though i think on 3ds aren't we hooray Mm. uh tuerto also wants to know have you guys read ryan's article on final fantasy 13 2 bigger and better it's the preview I did recently. I don't think you had a time. You have, you've had time to read it yet, right? Final Fantasy thirteen two. No, I haven't yeah. read anything on that in a while. Um, how about this one? Resistance three had a free update, which included two new maps. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a mistake for developers not to include trophies with free DLC? Does trophies always have to bundle with priced DLC? I don't know. I mean, I would like I would like to see trophies on everything, just because I like trophies A and and B. I think would help sell things. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, no, I mean, if they're giving you something for free, you can't you can't like you know. What do they? What do they say? You can't uh, can't look a gift horse in the mouth, as it were. Yes, correct. And I didn't know what that meant until until yeah, Gaddis no, explained no. it to me. Yeah, no, I, that's, there's a lot of colloquial phrases that I, I have completely no idea. It's fascinating. I had no idea. For sure, for sure. Uh, here's one from who I will just assume is named Skyrim Bob. Okay, Skyrim Bob. Hey guys, how glitchy is Skyrim? Playable? Non-playable? Also, <laughs> how are the trophies? Fireside chats. <laughs> okay, that's exciting. That's his email. How how far are you in Skyrim? Uh, I I was just goofing around like for the first ten hours, just wandering around. So I literally just killed my first dragon. Okay. Like uh, fifteen hours in. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're you're not that far behind me in terms of time played. Yeah. Um, 
It's certainly playable. It's, um, oh, it's, it's totally, totally fine. Totally the, the game's frozen on me like three or four times at very inopportune times. Uh, the frame rate is definitely starting to, to chug now that my save file is getting bigger. There are definitely problems with it. Um, yeah. uh, I would say it's totally playable. Yeah, yeah, it's though. totally fine. And they're going to patch it after Thanksgiving. And it's like I always say, it's, it's such an ambitious and dense game that it's amazing it runs at all, to be perfectly honest yeah. with you. I was thinking, I was thinking recently, like, because I, I really know the lay of the land in Whiterun now. Mm. Uh, Whiterun, by the way, guys, is the first major town and hall, uh, or hold as they call it, that you that you find in Skyrim, um, that you're n- supposed to find <laughs> in order. Uh, and uh, I, like, feel really comfortable with Whiterun, and I'm like, okay, you know, I finally got this town mapped out. I know all the people that live and work here. I've done, like, a lot of the quests here. And I thought, there are, like fucking eight other cities like this holds not there are like so many towns too yeah but there are like eight other massive holds in this game yes there are and i only did one of them and i've been playing for fucking 15 hours uh in terms of trophies it's it's a gettable platinum i'm gonna totally platinum it uh I, I implore you to go to ps3trophies.org and look at the trophy guy there, though, because there are two missable trophies, and you will kill yourself if you miss those trophies, because I certainly would. Uh, I have them, like, all written down on paper to make sure, like, I don't do anything, like, all the quests. Like, there are certain quests where you have to make certain decisions in order to, like... Uh-huh. And uh, it, it, the word the word uh, there is that it's 150 to 200 hours mm-hmm. of gameplay to get the platinum. So I'm uh, 10% in towards my quest there. Unbelievable. Um, Great game, though. Great game. Well, on the topic of Skyrim, Mm. this is from Priscilla. Okay. Priscilla writes, I really, really want to buy and play Skyrim. The only thing that's keeping me from doing it is the thought of Skyrim taking over my life and me letting my grades fall. I could let my grades fall, but then that would be the end of my PS3. So, beyond cast, am I being paranoid about the whole Skyrim taking over my life and go ahead and buy it? Or should I wait till school's out in more or less three to four months to get it? Thanks, and hope to hear from you guys. Love, Priscilla. Always nice to hear from our female listeners. Um, my opinion is y- you got to have a little self-control with the uh, with the games. You know, I mean, you can get sucked into any game, any RPG. I remember when Final Fantasy VII came out. Like, I really had to restrain myself. To, like, you know, I was in eighth grade, I think, um, mm. and uh, I had to uh, really like work hard to not play that game all the time. And 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 same thing with Wild Arms or Final Fantasy III when that came six when that you know yeah. three, it was three when we've had it. I think it's just, you know, I think you can buy it and play it and just be fine. Just, like, set limits, you know? It is one of those games that will suck your life away if you let it. Oh, totally. But, you know, gr- grades are more important. And it's it's also, Priscilla, I would like to point out that because it is one of the games where you can save anywhere, it's very easy for you to say, I will play it until, you know, 10 o'clock p.m. And then as soon as you hit 10 o'clock, you just hit the menu button, you save, and you can jump right out. And there's no, you know, you know you won't feel like you're you screwed everything up. So agreed. Um, yeah, but definitely, agreed. I would like to encourage all the Beyond listeners: uh, schooling and family and 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 whatnot are always more important than video games. Video games are a very important part of my life, but I know where they fall um, in in the grand scheme of things. Indeed, yes. Now, Colin, we've been uh, recording for almost an hour now. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit after noon. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want? Uh, I have a few more like sort of residual questions. Keep, here. keep it going. Let's just do it. Do you want to keep it going? Yeah, why not? All right, we'll let's, see, let's get all the questions I, up. Okay, I don't actually have many of them though. Just okay, to let you know that's fine. Um, let's see. Let's do. Oh shit! Actually, we actually did kill most of them. Hold on a second. Fill time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, that was that's good enough. <laughs> Good, good, Phil. Cal, thank, thank you. you, thank you. Thank uh, you. So this is from Abdullah Fadel, uh, who writes, uh, "Hey, Colin and Ryan, what do you guys think of the currently announced PAL Territories first-party Vita launch titles?" That was a mouthful. 
Personally, I think it's quite strong considering the third-party launch titles haven't even been announced yet. Uncharted and Gravity Rush just did it for me. We'll probably pick one up first week of launch. Love the show. Uh, yeah, I saw that list. I, I think it's... I don't remember all the games specifically, but I think like Hot Shots Golf's on there, which is going to be pretty cool. Um, Escape Plan's on there, which is going to be fucking awesome. Uh, Uncharted is really cool. Gravity Days is obviously really good. We've played that game. We've played all these games, I guess, at this point. Um, yeah, I think the launch library is really strong, and I think it's a great reason. I think Vita was ready to go like in terms of they could have, you know, I think they were waiting for the games to be ready. And I think that's a very smart move. Look at the 3DS. You know, there, you know, 3DS. You know, like I keep saying, there are certain games that will come out on 3DS. I will eventually buy one. I will have to when they announce Castlevania or something. But um, if they announce Castlevania, maybe it'll come to Vita. Um, but they're they're basically more launch games, first party launch games for for Vita than there are worthwhile 3DS games yeah. right now. Yeah. That's would, scary. That's that's it is ridiculous, and I would yeah. I'm, I, I'm inclined to agree with that statement. Though I would like to point out that at some point you have to stop calling it Gravity Days because you will confuse people that are looking for Gravity I, Days. I refuse to stop calling it that. You, ha- you I have love to, the double right? entendre. I love it. I know, and it's great. And I'm <laughs> saying, and I totally agree with you. It's a great title. But you have these Beyond listeners that'll be like, "Can I have Gravity Days, please?" And they're like, "What the fuck's that?" <laughs> yeah, just to, just to clarify, Gravity Days, D A Z E, is the Japanese name of Gravity Rush which will come out here, and I have no clue. And Ryan and I asked them why they renamed it. I don't think they even knew. Or it was like No, they knew. It was because they thought that gra- they felt that Gravity Days sounded more like a puzzle non-action game, whereas Gravity Rush mm, was, right, more, right, right, right. was more action-oriented and aggressive. Disagree. <laughs> uh, disagree. Uh, let's see. That what? game's rad, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. I can't, can't wait for that game. I'm just going to play, be playing that every night. Interestingly, that game comes out in early February in Japan, so it's not a launch title for them. I don't really... I'm not a huge fan of some of the other questions. Like, they're good questions, but they're a little technical, and I'm, I'm afraid I won't be able to answer them. Okay. Um, let's. I guess let's do this one, then. Uh, so this is from Andrew, who writes, uh, My question to do is with the reduction from five download rights on the PSN mm-hmm. to two. I realize this affects a small portion of the population, but do you think Sony should have given gamers an option to keep some of their downloadable rights? My girlfriend, yeah, it was her idea, thought Sony would have to, uh, should have given gamers the option to pay a small one-time cost per right, thus allowing them to keep their five-right limit. What do you guys think? Beyond love the podcast, keep up the great work from Andrew. So I, I think what Andrew means is like once you've bought it, then you can, you can re-download it at a small fee, right? I'm assuming that's what his question is. I assume is. so. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, I, I mean, it, it, that kind of sounds cool, uh, but I don't... That doesn't make any sense, though. No? Because if you're, if you're going to have this blanket statement where, you know, you can just put your account on anyone's machine and just download the game and pay a small fee, then basically what that means is that you could just screw the developer as screw, developers have been screwed with this game sharing thing as it as it as it exists now mm. and just say oh well i bought the game for 10 bucks and then for two dollars i can just download it over and over again on any right. on anyone's machine i mean to me I, you sure. know i i'm confused why they ever did this to begin with you know okay. and i think i think the no, the notion was that people would have more than one ps3 in their house i think that they visualized that ps3 was gonna be like this thing in your house and you kind of they talk to each other and you know and you know to me it's like people abuse the shit out of that system and if i was sony i would have gotten rid of that system a long time ago and i would have cut it down to one system you know and that if you want to download one somewhere download. else and you, yeah. yeah and yeah. then if you want it and if you want to download it somewhere else then you have to go on and, and kind of you know cancel that download and it gets removed from your system and then maybe go somewhere else and you know it's a complicated thing but you have to understand that this 
you know, A, like I said, like, I think last week or two weeks ago, this affects people like Ryan or me and Greg much more than most other people because we literally have like four PS3s yeah. each. Yes. You know, so, you know, my PS3 at home and then my debug and then, you know, a couple retail units and all these things and the, you know, units we capture sometimes. I have a swim we, here. I have yeah. a fat PS3 here. I actually here. do have four when I think about it. Well, the one's a debug, but I have three currently sort of in my possession yeah. or access to three of them. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, so, so that affects us, you know, a great deal because we download a game here and then we want to play it at home. Um, but you know, with that said, it's like, you know, it, it, you don't have to look very far and very hard on the internet to see how, how badly people are abusing that system. And, and it's cost Sony, I'm sure. And the developers more importantly, a lot of money. No, so. um, you're, when you put it like that, I totally agree. And I, I do want what's best for Sony and the, the hardworking people that make these games. Yeah. Buy the game. So. You know, I'm not saying he's going to use it dishonestly. Obviously not. Maybe him and his girlfriend want to share a game yeah. on their PlayStations, and that's fine. That's respectable. But understand that most people are not sharing their games like that. Yeah. All right, Colin. Well, those were uh, pretty much all the good questions that I had. And I have uh, – do you mind if I do one parting uh, comment from uh, Sam? Sure. Uh, Sam Allegria, who we know from mm-hmm. uh, the Podcast Beyond community. Sam writes us uh, – the, by the way, the subject of this email was, I love you guys. <laughs> So Sam writes, I just wanted to thank you guys for all the fun you've provided me over the years. The experiences I've had meeting you guys have been great, to say the least, from talking about how Texas will secede from the U.S. with Colin, (laughs) having my first ice cream sundae with Ryan, yes, that actually happened, and being slapped in the face by Greg. I think that also happened. happened. (laughs) It's crazy to think a video I've helped make, The World is Saved, has almost 400,000 hits on YouTube. You should go watch The World is Saved if you guys haven't already. I wonder what misadventures I'll have with you guys next year. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving and a merry fucking Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Screw that happy holiday jazz. P.S. I've mentioned multiple times that the reason I moved to San Francisco was because of IGN. I can safely say that's something I don't regret at all. That's from Sam Allegria. Cool. A great member of the podcast Beyond Community. Indeed he is. Um, So uh, that does it for me. You can obviously uh, come to IGN for all your video gaming needs. You can follow, uh, you can find Podcast Beyond uh, on IGN and also on iTunes every Thursday and also on Wednesdays when we record today. Yeah. Uh, so uh, keep up uh, listening. Send us questions to beyond at IGN.com. And if you'd like more of our misadventures, you can follow both Colin and I on Twitter. Colin is no taxation, all one word. I am Pwam Cider, P-W-A-M Cider. And uh, we generally tweet, uh, I think we tweet pretty good stuff. I feel like you and I tweet just the right amount. Yeah, it's never yeah. too much. Never too much. But there's like a little, you know, a little bit of day that you get a little, you know, a little uh, injection, a little dose of our personality. Every once in a while, I like to say just totally egregious things. <laughs> just really just, just fucking vulgar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so do you have any uh, parting uh, words, Cal? No, just a happy and healthy Thanksgiving to everyone. Thank yes. you for listening as always to Podcast Beyond. We really appreciate it. Um, we wouldn't be here without you guys. Absolutely. Um, thank you for making us the number one PlayStation podcast in the world. In the world. Um, we owe all of that to you. We do this for you. Um, so thank you. And uh, that's it for me. Excellent. Well, uh, as we usually do, we end Podcast Beyond with a song from the community. And this one was sent in from Matt, uh, who plays guitar and flute in a band, A Time for Burning, from Liverpool, England. And I, I don't want to read the whole email, but uh, he describes this band as instrumental post-rock music. Post-rock? Which I thought was really interesting. We're um, not post-rock. Uh, well, they, they are. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> They're after it. They're totally after it. Um, he's obviously uh, been listening to Beyond for a long time. Um, and this song is called To Preserve You Would Be No Gain, To Destroy You Would Be No Loss. <laughs> 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 that was so That's great. That's an amazing name. Uh, it can be downloaded for free along with the rest of their album from a time for burning dot bandcamp dot com.
So this is from Matt. Thank you very much for sending in the song. This, a, this was a little heavy for me, but I'm just going to play it anyway uh, because that, that name of I that... still want to know what post-rock means. <laughs> Matt, write into beyondatign.com and describe to Colin what you what you mean by post-rock. Post-grunge, post-all, all that makes sense, but not, not post-grunge. Or not post-rock, rather. There you go. Yeah. Well, that ends uh, Podcast Beyond episode 216. Join us next week when Greg Miller, our one and only leader, returns from his uh, holidays, and we will continue all this uh, PlayStation tomfoolery. Mm-hmm. Let's go get some fucking vulgar lunch, man. Yeah. Yeah, Beyond. Beyond. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.